time, lift up your voice and shout with a voice of triumph in this place. Woo! Come on, let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute upon them. Come on, this honor hath all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. Woo! Amen. Anybody walking in victory tonight? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord in this house tonight. Let me add to what has already been said in giving a great big welcome tonight to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us. One more time, Rock Church, can I borrow your hands and your voice and help me make some noise for all of our guests that are here in the building with us tonight? Amen. We are so excited that you are here. To all those that are streaming online with us tonight, we're glad that you were able to tune in to what God is doing in this place. I want to say what a privilege it is uh, to have our dear friend, Sister Amanda Collins, with us tonight. All the way from Burlington, North Carolina. And she brought her sidekicks with her, Sister, uh, Sister Kiara and Sister Lexi. Is that right? Did I get it right? Sierra, I'm sorry. Well, it depends on what country you're from, how you would say it. So I just, I'm being fancy with it. But we're so glad that they're here. And uh, Sister Collins came to put her artistic touch on a few things around here. And uh, so she's going to be hanging out for the next few weeks, getting some work done around here. But I'm excited they're here tonight. Amen. Amen. Did anybody come expecting something great in your spirit tonight? Did you come ready to have church tonight? I mean, did you come ready to have church tonight? Amen. If you promise to preach with me, I'm going to do my best to be expeditious tonight and, uh, and, and be as efficient as possible without jeopardizing what I feel like God wants me to say tonight. The book of Numbers chapter 13 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me tonight. So many things in my spirit, on my heart, in my mind, and uh, as I was navigating them all, uh, trying my best to be obedient to what the Lord wanted to do in this house tonight, uh, I could not escape uh, this word tonight, and really, I feel like God said, I want you to remind my people about this. And uh, so that's a, precisely what I intend to do tonight. Amen. The book of Numbers, chapter 13 and verse number 23, <clears throat> says, And they came unto the brook of Eschol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought the pomegranates and of the figs. One transliteration renders verse 23 like this. When they came to the valley of Eschol, 
they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. Skipping down to verse number 32. Same chapter, same story. These men are literally holding on to a pole with a cluster of grapes so big that you would not say, do you want some of my grapes? You would say, do you want a bite of my grape? And while they are holding this in their hands, verse 32 picks up and says, they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. One transliteration renders 32 and 33 like this. So they spread this bad report about the land amongst the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. And for a few moments, I just want to preach. Grasshoppers don't eat grapes. Turn around and tell at least two or three people standing next to you, grasshoppers don't eat grapes. Now I wish you would put those hands together one more time and mix your faith with the word of the Lord in this place tonight. I came to remind this house tonight uh, that grasshoppers uh, don't eat uh, grapes. I need somebody on a Tuesday night to make some noise up in this place tonight. I need somebody on a Tuesday night uh, that's already got this in your spirit uh, to just give God a... Ooh. I'm not a grasshopper, but I know how to jump. Uh, I'm a grasshopper. I'm not a grasshopper, but I, I know how to fly. If you promise to keep shouting like that, you can be seated. If not, just start running the aisles while I preach in Jesus' name. Many years ago when the legendary Newt Rockney was the coach at Notre Dame, the fighting Irish were facing a critical football game against 
a vastly superior Southern California team. And during the week before the game, Rockney had a great idea. He recruited every big and brawny student in the entire student body to suit up for this particular game. But not to play, just to run out onto the field with the team and to sit on the bench. On the day of the game, Southern Cal came out on the field first. Then at the very last minute, here came Notre Dame. 150 huge players came rumbling onto the field. The Southern Cal team stopped in their tracks and just stared at this assembly of green giants. Newt Rockney had psyched them out. And though the USC coach told his team that only 11 men could play at a time, the damage had been done. USC lost. Not because Notre Dame was better, but because Southern Cal had been intimidated. Can I preach to somebody in this place this evening that most, if not all, of our limitations in life are self-imposed? If you were to sit back and examine uh, every time that we declare uh, that I can't, uh, that I'm not able to, uh, that I just don't have uh, what it takes, uh, it is the sum result uh, of self-imposed uh, limitations uh, that we placed on ourselves. Uh, can I preach to you that we uh, serve a God uh, that has no limitations? I'm going to need a few people in the building. Uh, we serve a God uh, that said with men uh, it is impossible, uh, but with God all things uh, are possible. Uh, as a matter of fact, in one place, uh, the Lord declares uh, that if they have faith uh, as a grain of mustard seed, uh, I just need some Bible students in the building, uh, if they have faith uh, as the as a grain of mustard seed. Uh, he said, there shall be nothing. Uh, somebody shout nothing uh, that is impossible uh, unto them. Uh, I came to declare unto this church uh, that for where God is taking us uh, and for the doors uh, that we're walking through this year, uh, we need a fresh reminder tonight uh, that grasshoppers uh, don't eat grapes, uh, that we're a people of impossibility, uh, that we're a people of big things, uh, that we're a people of an unlimited God. Uh, we're the people of a God uh, that specializes uh, in things that are impossible. Uh, so I dare you right now uh, at the beginning of this service uh, to lift your hands uh, and lift your voice uh, and begin to declare right now uh, God is able. God, as a matter of fact, he's able to do exceeding abundantly 
above all, above all that we can ask or that we can think. God can do bigger than you can dream. God can do bigger than what you could possibly pray. God can do bigger than you can possibly imagine. Sometimes you got to throw away your pen and paper and understand God can do the impossible. Charles F. Kettering, who at one time was the head of engineering for a major motor company, said that one of his greatest challenges when he would have a staff meeting and he would meet with all of these engineers and, and all of these designers, he, he, he would oftentimes put a sign on the door that led to the meeting room that said, leave your rulers and calculators at the door. He said, because invariably, uh, I would be in a meeting casting vision. Uh, and what they would begin to do uh, is try and put it on paper. Uh, they were trying to calculate it uh, and trying to figure it out. Uh, and invariably, there would be somebody uh, that would stand up and say, sir, uh, that's not possible. Uh, sir, I've calculated. Uh, he said, so I came to understand that if we're ever going to break barriers, uh, if we're ever going to break through the glass ceiling, uh, then we've got to throw away our mechanisms of restraint. Uh, we've got to cast off uh, every tool uh, of constraint uh, and let our hearts and our minds begin to, that's what I feel like tonight. Uh, as we walk into the open door uh, and into the year of the potential that God has, uh, I came to remind this church, uh, it's time to cast off uh, every preconception uh, of how anything has been done before. Uh, I don't care if you've never seen it before. I don't care if you've never witnessed it before. God is about to do the impossible in this. I just need 30 people that are excited about that tonight. I don't care if you've never seen it on this wise. Baby, there's always a first time for everything. And why not let it be us, God? Why not let it be the Rock Church, God? Do I got anybody in the building that knows what I'm talking about? Grasshoppers don't eat grapes. Woo! Unlimited potential. Unlimited possibilities. Unlimited blessing. Unlimited favor. I'm going to preach until every spirit of unbelief has to back up out of here. I'm going to preach until some of you serve an eviction notice to fear that's got its hands around your neck tonight. I'm going to preach this tonight until somebody shakes loose of the chains of limitation that want to hold you in place. I came to declare unto you that grasshoppers don't eat Grapes. Woo. In a recent poll taken by Americans in their 20s, this question was asked What is the basic feeling you have about life? 60% said fear. 
Most people define themselves either by their problems or their possibilities. Fearful people wake up each morning and locate themselves on a problem chart. But people of faith should wake up and consult their possibility chart. You got to have a predisposition every day that you wake up that casts fear and unbelief out of your spirit. I need some help in this building. How many of you remember the first things cast into the lake of fire is fear and unbelief. And if it's going to be cast into the fire, you ought to learn how to cast it out of your mind. You ought to learn how to cast it out of your... Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Fear is not going to leave willingly. Unbelief is not going to vacate on its own premonition. If you're going to get it out of your life, you've got to cast it out of your Not get it out. Cast it out. <laughs> That's a whole different pair. I need about eight guys. Quick, quick, quick. Get right here. Just run. Four and four. Four. Face each other. In the line. Four and four. Yeah, face each other. Get your arms connected together across from each other. Connect your hands and arms. No, to the person across from you. To the person across from you. To the person. There you go. Get them tight. But spread apart just a little bit. Spread apart just a little bit in between yourselves. Yeah. Hold it nice and tight. Get, now get as tight as you can together this way. Come on. Y'all grab your cameras. <laughs> It's Instagrammable stuff in church. Come on, get tight. Come this way. Hey, y'all, get tight up against each other, shoulder to shoulder. Tight, tight. Now spread it out a little bit. Spread out. Now back your head. Lean your head back. Uh, hold your arms tight. Don't, don't you dare let go. Fear and unbelief. Come here, fear. Come here, unbelief. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Some of us have become too comfortable living every day with fear and unbelief as our companions. We become too comfortable waking up every day, uh, our minds bombarded uh, by the fear of what if it doesn't work? Uh, what if I fail? Uh, what if I get sick? Uh, what if I lose my job? Uh, what if I don't have, and our day is filled with the thoughts uh, of fear uh, and unbelief. Can I tell you, they're never going to go on their own. Would you please leave? They're never going to leave. Would you please go? They're going to fold their arms and double down. Please, please, uh, I'm tired of feeling this way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I I'm tired of waking up every day uh, uh, wondering what's happening. I'm tired of waking up. No, 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 no. Uh, if you're going to get fear and unbelief out of your life, uh, fear and unbelief is standing uh, on your vision. Uh, it is choking out your dreams. Uh, it's standing on your faith. Uh, if you're going to get fear and unbelief, uh, you've got to cast it out. You got to grab it by the back of its neck. And it's going to kick and scream. It doesn't want to go. And you're going to say, listen here, pal. Yeah, you're going. I said you're 
going to, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to, take it easy, let's, uh, let's, uh, that's exactly what it's like. It can't be theater either because it is, it's made up in its mind. But you got to make up in your mind, I'm not living under fear any longer. And you've got to cast it out of your spirit. Hurry, reset. You got to cast unbelief. Get out of my life. And then you've got to defend the door. You ain't coming back. Come here. And when it tries to get back up, when it tries to, you got no, get back. No. Do you see what I just did to unbelief? Your next fear. up in your mind I'm not living in fear I'm not a grasshopper everything isn't bigger than I am I'm the head and I'm not the tail I'm above and I'm not beneath I'm the lender and I'm not the borrower grasshoppers don't eat grapes I need somebody that believes that tonight uh, to give God a shout of praise. On a Tuesday night, uh, somebody needs to take dominion. Uh, on a Tuesday. My God, I've got the Holy Ghost. Acts says, you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. There's two words for power in the Bible. Exousia. And dunamis. Exousia is authority. It's the badge on the police officer. He has power. It's delegated authority. But in case. You don't recognize exousia. He has a piece strapped on his side. And that is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. If you don't understand exousia, I've got some dunamis that I'll introduce you to. When it says you shall receive power, it's the word dunamis. You got to walk around saying, devil, I got something for you. Devil, I'm packing right now. I got you. You ought to roll up on the enemy in your life and let him know uh, I've been waiting for you. Uh, and I got something for you. Uh, I got power. Uh, I'm not afraid of anything. Uh, I'm not afraid of any opportunity. Uh, I'm not afraid of any situation. Come on, somebody. Uh, grasshoppers, uh, don't eat grapes. Tell your neighbor I'm not a grasshopper. Uh, I know I look funny, but I'm not a grasshopper. I know I walk a little strange, but I'm not a grasshopper. I know you might think I, I'm not a grasshopper. It reminds me a story of these two hillbillies were friends, and one of them walked into a 
little local store one day and he saw a poster that was posted on the bulletin board. They had been having a problem with coyotes in the area. And so, Brother Stewart, they posted a sign that said, reward given, $50 per coyote. They put a, a bounty. And so this hillbilly said, here's our chance. And he went and told his friend, he said, hey, hey, Bubba. He said, guess what? He said, they're giving $50 per coyote. So they grabbed their guns, and they went out into the woods, and they decided they were going to camp out that night, and they were going to be ready for them coyotes. They fell asleep next to the fire, and in the middle of the night, Bubba woke up. And as his eyes fluttered open, he looked, and he saw little yellow eyes peeking out from just on the edge of the bonfire. And he looked, and there were little eyes surrounding them. The coyotes, a whole pack of coyotes had show up. Real quietly, he leaned over and said, hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, psh, wake up, wake up. Jimmy said, what is it, Bubba? He said, Jimmy, look, there's coyotes all around us. We're in trouble. Jimmy looked around and he said, Bubba, we're not in trouble. We're rich. People who are dominated by faith, you don't wake up looking for the problem. You wake up looking for the opportunity. Oh, I wish I had somebody in the building that understood you're not a victim of life circumstances. You're not a victim of a dilemma. You either believe God's word or you don't. We know. Tell your neighbor, we know that all things work together for the good. I know it looks bad, but baby, it's working for my good. I know the situation's not ideal, but when it's all said and done, it's working for my good. Your impossibility is simply God's opportunity. If you're not careful, you'll become motivated by fear instead of faith. And you've got to control the gateway of your thinking. Tell your neighbor it starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. Like one preacher used to say, you got to get a checkup from the neck up to get rid of your stinking thinking. You got to defeat the devil right here first. Give me some Bible for that. I'm glad you asked. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And in another place, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the whole process, that's why you've got to watch your thoughts because they become your words. And you've got to watch your words 
because they become your actions. And you got to watch your actions because they become your habits. And you've got to watch your habits uh, because they become your character. And you've got to watch your character uh, because your character uh, becomes uh, your destiny. You've got to guard your thought life. I cannot think about that kind of mess. Who am I preaching to right now? You got to get it in your spirit to quit sitting around all day, letting your thoughts run wild about the potentials of danger and problems and issues. And there's no wonder you're feeling depressed. There's no wonder you've got anxiety. There's no wonder you're running around full of depression and fear. It's because of what you've been entertaining in your mind. You've got to do what the word of the Lord says and bring into captivity. Bring into captivity every thought under the obedience of Christ. Quit letting your thoughts run wild. Put them in captivity. Put those dogs in a cage. You're not running around loose in my life. And so... That was my introduction. (laughs) Now I'm at the text. They became fixated on the problems and the obstacles. And it let they let it define their understanding and their context of who they were. They became so fixated. It's a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Oh, and there's giants. And all the people that are in the land are big people. They got so focused on the obstacles that it literally began to redefine their own self-identity. And if you're not careful, you can become so wrapped up in fear and unbelief and anxiety, it will literally begin to redefine who you are. I don't care what other people say about you. Well, you, they said this about me. They said, who cares? But I... I'm afraid they're going to make other people think this way about me. Who cares? You can't be the thought police. Since when can you run around regulating everybody's mind? That's too big of a job for you. You're going to die of a heart attack and anxiety. I don't care what anybody says about you. I only care about what you say about you. I ain't worried about what anybody else said about you. What I want to know, uh, what do you say uh, about you? Uh, have you allowed all of the stuff uh, to change your perception uh, of who we must be? Grass, we're grasshoppers. It's so big and it's so tough and it's so challenging. This kind of thinking caused them to stumble at the promise of God. They are literally standing in the doorway of the promised land. Literally standing on the precipice of miracle signs and wonders. 
And they allowed a grasshopper mentality to stop them from ever experiencing what God has prepared for them. I'm preaching to some people in this building. If you're not careful, you'll let fear and unbelief and anxiety and all this stuff, it will literally stop you at the threshold. You could be standing at the precipice of the year of the open door and never walk through the door because of a grasshopper mentality. It's too much. I don't have enough education. I don't have the right background. I made too many mistakes. I don't have the right last name. I ain't got the right skin color. I don't have the, come on, the as long as you'll make the excuse, the enemy will keep feeding them uh, to you. Uh, you've got to make up in your mind, I am not uh, a grasshopper. Uh, I am a child of I'm preaching to some people that got some big dreams in this house. I'm preaching to some people that got big vision in this place. Who are you? Where are you at tonight? I'm preaching to my dreamers in the building tonight. I'm preaching to my visionaries in the building tonight. I'm preaching to you tonight. My God, you're standing on the threshold of every promise that God ever declared over your life. You better make it up in your mind tonight. I am not a grasshopper grasshoppers don't eat grapes God became frustrated with them in Numbers chapter 14 verse 11 listen to the conversation that he has with Moses and the Lord said unto Moses how long will this people Provoke me. That's the terminology that he used. Later on in scripture, he would literally refer back to this moment as the day of provocation. God said, you want to know what gets me mad more than anything? It's people who don't have a proper perspective of who they are. He said, how long? He was, <laughs> they were trying God's patience. God said, I, I, I've been working with this as long as I can. But how much longer will this people provoke me? And how long, listen, how long will it be ere they believe me? How long is it going to take? Before they finally start walking in faith. There's some of us, God's wondering that about you. You're wandering around in a wilderness and God's saying, my God, I've got a whole promised land waiting for them. How long are they going to run around with this mentality? How long are they going to run around uh, before they actually start believing uh, that my word is true? How long before they start living in fear over faith? Faith over fear. Listen, he said, how long will it be ere they believe me? Listen, for all the signs which I have showed among them. What got God really angry is he said, look at them. They're complaining at the same time that they got their hands on the promise. While they are complaining and full of fear, they're holding on to signs of my miracles. 
sitting here delivered from the sin that had you bound and yet still complaining that God's not able to do what he promised. <laughs> Holding on to grapes, but thinking like a grasshopper. Holding on to my pr the evidence. The grapes were evidence of his promise. On one hand, they walked in and said, my God, look at these grapes. And in the same breath, are talking about the land too big for them and the people too great for them. Holding the evidence and complaining at the same time. There is a prevailing spirit that tries its best to keep God's people thinking that we are grasshoppers in the land of promise. I know God said we could do it. I know he said we could have it. But I know God said that this building isn't big enough and we're going to have to buy a bigger one. But it's so hard. Look at how big it is. I, I know God is challenging me in the all-in offering. But look, look at my, my situation, God. Look at my situation. God's saying, my God, you got grapes in your hand and you're acting like a grasshopper. <laughs> Remember... Remember the term all in comes from the game of unlimited poker. And when somebody says I'm all in, they take every one of their chips, all of them, and they push them into the middle and they say I'm all in. What it means is that they feel like they have been dealt a hand that is so incredible, they cannot lose. I'm here to tell you this morning, you're holding on to a hand that is a testimony. You serve a God that said you cannot lose. I just need about 20 radical people that believe Psalm 1. Whatsoever he doeth, where you at tonight? When you got that kind of card in your hand, uh, you don't worry about the rest of it. You just walk out uh, and say, I'm all in. Uh, what do you mean you're all in? I'm holding on to a hand uh, that cannot be beat. Uh, whatsoever he doeth shall. Uh, I got three people that got it tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait a second. I got a card that says uh, that no weapon formed against me uh, shall be able to pro. So it doesn't matter what comes against me. Uh, I'm still going to win. I'm all in. Count me in. Where's the land? Where's the promise? Where's the vineyards? Well, I need about 20 people in the building that understand grasshoppers don't eat grapes. 
Come on, in other words, uh, look what's in your hand. Uh, look what God placed in your hand. Uh, you've got too much evidence in your hand uh, to be acting like a grasshopper. Uh, you've got too many promises uh, in your hand uh, to be working in unbelief. Uh, you've got too many miracles uh, that God has done for you uh, for you to be walking around uh, with a grasshopper mentality. Come on, somebody. A grasshopper mentality is a mentality that has an aversion to big things because of its self-perception of its small size. The problem is, is that you'll have a, an aversion to big God things. And so even when God says, look at this big thing I've got for you, your mentality will say, no, you got the wrong person, God. It couldn't be for me. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. That's the difference. Can I preach to us as a church? That's the difference between churches that walk in blessing and promise and churches that stay kind of just in their own little thing. The churches that walk into big things get the revelation. We're not a grasshopper church. We're not some little church on the corner. We're not some backwoods little people who are some weirdos in society. Baby, I'm a king's kid. I've got royalty in my vein. My my daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, he sits high uh, and he looks low. Uh, the heavens are his throne uh, and the earth is his footstool. Uh, baby, that's how I'm walking into this year. Uh, I'm believing God for big things. Uh, I just need about a hundred people uh, that'll believe in God for big things this year. Uh, dare you to jump out of your seat uh, and run to this altar uh, and throw your hands in the air uh, and start declaring the big things. Uh, I'm declaring big blessings. Uh, I'm declaring big promotion. Uh, I'm declaring big blessings, uh, big promises. Uh, come on, I dare you. Uh, don't you dare sit there like a grasshopper uh, with your mouth closed. Uh, don't you dare sit there uh, like a grasshopper, uh, afraid to move, uh, afraid to worship. Uh, I believe it so much uh, that I'm going to praise him in advance uh, for what I see. Uh, I believe it so much uh, that I'm going to dance in advance uh, for what I know God is bringing. Uh, I dare somebody right now uh, to take about 60 seconds uh, and just dance uh, over what God has shown you. Uh, dance over the promises. Uh, dance over your dreams. Uh, dance over your vision. Uh, dance over what God said uh, belong to you. Come on, somebody. Uh, I came to declare to every devil in hell uh, that grasshoppers uh, don't eat grapes. Uh, I'm not a grasshopper. I'm a child of the king. I'm, come on, somebody, right now, right now. I feel like preaching, but I feel something breaking loose in this house right now. I want to finish the sermon, uh, but I feel faith beginning to stir uh, in this building right now. Uh, come on, I need somebody to tap in. Uh, I need somebody to tap in right now. 
Somebody's casting out fear right now. Somebody is casting out unbelief right now. Somebody is casting out doubt and vain imagination. Come on, get it out of your spirit. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your mind. Get it out. Come on. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I dare you right now. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to go ahead and shout. I'm going in to the promised land. I'm going in.